Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to Nikki Sweetland about the world of London West End Theatre. Just a quick note before we get into the meat and potatoes of this week's show. My vocal style on Friday 15 has been somewhat deliberate. I've got two massive influences on musically. My dad, who introduced me at a very early age into the world of Jamaican music and for a love of bass, but also intellectually John Peel. And I used to stop up very late at night and listen to John Peel between the ages of 12 to maybe 16. And I love his nonchalant, almost not bothered, sounded somewhat disinterested vocal style when he just introduced incredibly eclectic music. Now, I know that uh, many people don't quite get my challenge, John Peel, so I've decided to drop it. So no more slightly stilted and haunted introductions. Um, If you want a bit more of a radio DJ me, here we go. Black Coffee is a South African record producer and DJ who began his career in the mid-90s. He's probably South Africa's biggest deep house producer and this track, Boya, just takes my breath away. It features the excellent Tashi Tukolo on vocals.
Nikki. Hello. How important is London's West End Theatre to the kind of the cultural scene of London? I mean, it's, it's absolutely massive. Um, 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 a lot of people think that it's quite elitist and it's just, you know, the, the, the people with the money that go, but actually they're wrong. You know, the big West End musicals attract a, a real vast um, array of, of different types of people because the thing about musicals are that they, they are a, a musical production, but they, they have lots of different styles of music in them. So they cater for people that like their Motown or, or they like their rock or they like the more classical. Um, and obviously they've all got different stories strung around them and uh, yeah, I mean it's really really important and you know in London you you can't, in central London particularly, you can't turn any corner without there being a theatre, whether they be the big big West End theatres or you know above every pub there's a theatre, you know on every street there's at least one theatre and you can just see a a vast range of, of different styles and different performances but isn't it the case, though, that musicals have dominate the scene so much so you don't get your artsy, edgy, innovative productions anymore? It's all kind of big and glitz and glamour. If we're talking about West End, mm-hmm. then yes, that's the case. But if we're talking about off West End, then no, that's not the case. Um, and, and the difference between West End and off West End, people assume that it's to do with geography and it's actually not. It's to do with size of venue. Um, so, yes, the big West End shows are more more musicals. Although having said that, you know, at the moment we've got Cat on a Hot Tin Roof is on in the West End. We've got Fairy Man that's on in the West End. Um, we've got a few, you know, a few big plays that are going on there. Um, we've got something coming into the Windhams soon called Heisenberg. Um, so there are quite a lot of plays. It's just that um, they're not—I don't know—they—they—they're they're, they're, not—they're not—they don't become as famous. They generally don't run as long, um, so fewer people, fewer people see them, uh, and they, they tend to attract a, um, a, a smaller demographic. So compared to Broadway, how big is London's uh, kind of West End theatre land? I mean. You're talking to somebody. I, I don't have the figures. I have to say, I don't know. I don't know the the. Um, I don't know in in sort of terms of numbers of theatres. I've I have been to Broadway, but I've only actually been once. I sh- shamefully, I've only been there once. I know, I know. It's a lot of money. It costs a lot of money to get there from London. Um, the theatres are all quite close together. The big theatres on Broadway. I I didn't ever go and see any of the off Broadway stuff, so I don't know whether the scenes as big. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think London is still seen as as secondary to Broadway. I think you know Broadway is is the um, is is the biggest in the in the world. I think London is still seen as the, as the runner up in that sort of battle. But um, you know it is still huge, and, and we have shows that start here and and transfer um, just and, and the other way around as well. And they're, and they're quite different audiences. In what way are they different audiences? Um, explain that difference for us. Um, I think on Broadway you're more likely to get um, a new, a, a brand new musical that's sort of about a subject that people aren't, you know, aren't quite sure about. Um, there seems to be a lot more money. So um, things like, for example, there's a show on Broadway at the moment called Dear Evan Hansen, um, and it won, won a load of Tony Awards. Um, it's a fantastic show, and it's about um, a young lad who doesn't quite fit in, um, and and a, a school friend of his commits suicide, and you know, sort of trying to sell that to to the British producers and trying to get that into a big theatre in the West End, I think you would have really struggled. But in, on Broadway, they seem to be happier to take those sort of risks with, with stories that, you know, on paper, don't look like they're going to sell. So we're risk averse. We're number two. 
and it's all about musicals right to me right i convinced me that musicals um, are something that I should get behind. I'm a typical bloke in this regard. I just think, <laughs> right, why don't they just like get on, do the acting? Why do they have to stop and start singing all the time? Okay, uh, first of all, what what is your idea of a musical? So when someone says to you a musical, what's the name? What's the name of the musical that would come along? For example. Uh... All right, you know what? I'm I'm full of nonsense, me, because I've actually <laughs> seen Cat and a Hot Tin Roof. I've seen Stomp, and I love Stomp. Yeah, but, Stomp's brilliant. But I wouldn't. I don't think, on the face of it, I don't think I'd want to go and see Young Frankenstein. Okay. Um, I mean, there there are varying different degrees. It's a bit like saying um, I don't want to go and see films. I don't like films. You know that that's the thing. They're all they're all very different. Um, so you've got something like Les Mis, um, where the music's sort of a bit classical and and there is no talking. They sing all the way through. Everything is sung. Um, or you've got something like Motown, which is a, you know it's um it's music that you would know. It's it's put together with the story of the, of the guy that um first invented the Motown label and obviously. Very trying to gaudy. compare, yeah, that's the one, yeah, <laughs> and trying to compare the music of Motown to Les Miserables. They're a completely different genre, so trying to put them all into the same box is, I think, where where the where the you know where where people saying they don't like musicals sort of falls down a bit. Um, all there right. are musicals. I hear you, Nikki. Right, <laughs> but isn't that getting to the heart of a criticism about London's theatre land? West End in that it kind of does pander to the lowest common denominator tell me I'm wrong because if you say to me right uh, we're going to put together uh, a musical we're going to put Queen songs in I'm going to go um, mm-hmm. smash hit we're going to put mm-hmm. together a musical with ABBA songs in I'll go smash hit Motown smash mm-hmm. hit mm-hmm. well you know you're making me feel like I should decamp to Broadway because it's much more edgier and then you have something like Hamilton where that wasn't necessarily a slam dunk in terms of the success and the juggernaut that something like that has actually, you know, become, is it? I mean, very true. Hamilton is a, is a case in point, and and in the heights before that um, from Lin Manuel Miranda as well. But you know, they're the sort of thing that are are rejuvenating musical theatre and bringing new audiences in because actually, you know, in London, the people that go to the theatre are generally still the more mature. You know, trying to get those new audiences into musical theatre is difficult. Having said that, there are people that, like me, fall in love with it when they're a teenager, just like you would fall in love with, I don't know, I, I, I kind of think it's a bit like um, Star Wars or, or something like that. You know, there are cult musicals where people are know every single bit of it, every single line, every single character, and then they do sort of bring into more, you know, more the younger audiences. But yeah, Hamilton with the, with the hip-hop score definitely appeals to a, a younger audience i mean obviously it's coming to the west end in december mm-hmm. um i think i think they would have struggled to put that on here first you know it, it, again it's one of those things where um in london they just don't want to take the risks or they they don't have the money to take the risks with it they have to know that it's going to be a success i mean we get shows we get decent shows over here we get we get good good edgy stuff but it's generally at places like southwark playhouse or park theater or um you know the other palace now which has just been taken over by um the really useful group um and that's really sort of helping to to get more edgy stuff and you know newer stuff seen and sometimes if it's a success it then you know gets a gets a transfer to the west end got an idea for you how about margaret thatcher the musical if they can have hamilton let's do that 
It's probably already been done. <laughs> I, mean, I, I haven't heard of it, but it's probably already been done. I mean, obviously, Billy Elliot's got a big, a big bit about Margaret Thatcher in it because mm-hmm. um, it's set during the um, the miners the miners crisis. Yeah. I mean, there is um, there was a comedy show that was um, that was on uh, at the Soho Theatre called. Maggie Thatcher Queen of Maggie Thatcher Queen of Soho I think it was called mm-hmm. but that was actually um more of a sort of a play come sort of stand up sort of thing but um yeah somebody's probably already written it tell you what you know I'll show my age when you said Maggie Thatcher I almost shouted out milk snatcher you know, but that shows you that I'm a, a kid of the 70s but it but anyway uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what that means there you go well, she was the Minister of Education who rescinded free milk to kids. Oh, okay. So Maggie Thatcher, milk snatcher. But there you go. I see. Showing my age. Every day is a school day. There you go. There you go. But you know what, though, Nikki? Go on. I still believe. I still believe in the power. I still believe. That's, yeah, good link. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I still believe in the power of theatre. But you're going to tell me about I Still Believe, which is a song from Miss Saigon. Why have you chosen it this week? Miss Saigon was written by um, Claude Michel Schoenberg and Alan Boubille, who are more famous for Les Mis. Love Les Mis, but Miss Saigon is just the, the, you know, the musical that I fell in love with as a teenager. Um, I was doing a variety show when I was 14, and I heard a couple of people singing this duet, and I just completely fell in love with it and had to find out more. Found out more, and it was one of the first West End shows I ever saw. Um, I watched it six times the first time round. Um, we recently had a revival in London. I, I watched it about another ten times, I think. Um, and the new cast, you know, absolutely fantastic. The new production was absolutely brilliant. And the songs about sort of, you know, it's just a it's a it's a duet between two female singers. Number one, so um, for for a girl who you know who wants to sing with her mates, it's it's perfect. But it's got that whole kind of torment they're both tormented they're both they're both in love with the same guy and um you know lyrically it's gorgeous and and the harmonies and the way that they sort of put the two together at the end is just beautiful last night i watched him sleeping my body pressed to him and then he started speaking the name I heard him speak was Kim. Yes, I know that this was years ago. But when moonlight fills my room, I know you are here still. I still, I still. Return, you will return, and I. 
Last night I watched you sleeping Once more the nightmare came I heard you cry out something A word that sounded like a name And it hurts me more than I can you I'll never share, never know, but still Is there a formula? What is the anatomy to a good piece of to a good musical song? Break it down. Oh, for a good, us. oh, a good musical song. Well, again, you know, you're you're assuming they're all the same. For me personally, I well, prefer. Well, haven't the they got someone belting out some lyrics over over a bit of musical score? That's uh, a common denominator. Well, no, because it's some. You know, you have that, but there are obviously there are there are songs. It's about standalone songs as mm. well. You know, the, one of the things about Les Mis, despite the fact that it's sung all the way through, is that it's got, you know, 10, 11 standalone epic songs. Um, and you can't, there isn't a formula to them because they're all very different depending on where the character is and where the story needs to go. You have obviously musicals with, where the songs are just put in and it doesn't forward the story at all. So, um, you know, mm -hmm. things like, well, again, like, you know, like in Motown, you know, the song is already already a song. It doesn't have anything about the story in it. It's, it's put in. So, um Formula, I don't know. I don't know really. Um, I mean, one of the one of the best musical theatre songs has got to be "Defying Gravity" from Wicked. Um, it's you know, Why? it's 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 just it's an it's an epic song. It's about the journey of the character. It's about what she's going to do next. She talks about her hardships, um, and it, yeah, a lot of I think I think a lot of the really good ones are are about the, the characters telling you their story in that song. Um, you know, so again, lame is you know. Uh, Bring Him Home, classic song, or I Dreamed a Dream. They're about the character telling you this in a way that they wouldn't be able to say if they were just speaking it. So we've got Hamilton, which is going to hit um, London Theatre Land in December. Is there a real kind of palpable sense of excitement with this big New York American juggernaut play is, is coming over? 
I mean, there, there is um, to the point where there are people that don't know anything about London theatre and don't generally talk about London theatre. But if you if you say Hamilton, they know what you're talking about. So you know that it's entered the sort of pop culture psyche over here and, and people are really talking about it. And people are really excited about the cast as well because we've got, um, they've, they've gone for... Um, West End performers, you know, people that are tried and tested in the West End, a really good bunch. That that saying, apart from the chap that um, is playing actual Hamilton, he's um, it's his first, it's his first one, I believe. It's his it's his first musical, so mm-hmm. um, they're trusting trusting him. But the rest of them are are people that you know, West End fans know. Um, they're all fantastic performers, um, and yeah, I, I certainly for fans of the West End, it's it's got a real buzz around it. I mean, it's sold out for for months and months and months. Um, and I think for people that, as I say, that aren't even necessarily into into musical theatre, there are there are people asking me about it, and I, I'm sort of thinking, oh, brilliant! This might be the the way to get more people in, like you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this might be your one. <laughs> well, I'm hoping to actually see it in, in San Francisco. It is actually on here now. So um, oh, hopefully, fingers yeah, crossed. Of, oh, go and see it, yeah. Yeah, go and see it. So how important to the whole world of uh, the theatre is criticism? Obviously, you're a journalist. Um, yeah. But, but tell us exactly how that kind of information loop works. Who are the critics which we should, um, you know, read, listen out out for, and, and you know, and how powerful actually are they? I mean, that's a really hot topic at the moment um, because you've got your traditional print media um, critics, um, and you've got your bloggers, you know, and, th- and there's been a real rise of, of in the blogging community over the last five ten years mm-hmm. um you're talking about the rise you, of, a, of the nikki sweetlands of the world yeah pretty much um, i mean there are some very very successful bloggers i mean one of my friends um ed who runs western wilma is a very successful blogger and um, he now has 40 40 odd people who write for him who, who do critics critiques for him because you know he, he covers literally the whole of london and well the whole of the country um it's it's difficult to tell because a lot of the print media is is um sort of pitched Certainly, a lot of the print media critics are pitched at a more middle-class audience, um, and it means that for your, for your regular person who just wants to, you know, read something about a show that they are thinking of getting t- tickets for, the critiques, you know, aren't necessarily relevant. Um, that's not to say they're all like that. I mean, there's, you know, there's there are other 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 things. You know, the, st- the stage obviously is, is the one that most of most of the London um, most London people would would look to for their reviews. But also, there's a big website called um, What's on Stage. Um, which is a little bit um, more for the for the people, but yeah, I mean, it, generally it's it's about it's about the style of it, you know, and what what you want, you know, if you're if you're um, if you're after a really highbrow review, then certainly look at the ones from the Telegraph and the Guardian and the Independent and things like that. But if you're after a more sort of every man's view, you're probably better off looking at one of the uh, one of the websites or one of the bloggers. So. London Theatre Land, um, it's in rude health, according to you. We've got nothing to worry about. Um, there are still, yes, musicals uh, dominate the space. Fantastic but... musicals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they are still innovative and, and creative. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of... Um... 
there's been a bit more of a rise of your sort of inclusive theatre. There's the lyric, the lyric Hammersmith tend to do a lot more edgy stuff as well, um, and they've got a fantastic um, community program as well out there where they run a youth group and the, the youth group feed through into their companies and things, and they tend to put on some much more edgy stuff. Um, obviously, the Royal Court as well is all about plays, and they put on some really fantastic stuff out there that's you know sort of pushing the boundaries a bit and giving new writers their chance as well so um, yeah I think it's doing really well and just lastly if I can only see one play in the next six months in London what should I see and why play or musical production right Um, let me I mean well I would I would say Wicked because I could happily see Wicked every day um, I've seen it 31 times so for me it would be Wicked I've seen it on Broadway too but I think How the London many? production's better How yeah 31 31 well it's been on for, for 11 years so it's not that many times Nikki Sweetland thank you for coming on to Friday 15 sharing with us your love of musicals and theatre and convincing us that the medium is far from dead no worries it's been lovely to talk to you you're a total star you that was great thanks (laughs) hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An example as producer as band member Bernard Williams of Chic was behind the visceral sound of the 1985 hit, Some Like It Hot by the supergroup The Power Station. Fly. Are you going to-
songs about cocaine abound and are hardly anything new, but the sonic beauty of Lost by American songster Frank Ocean takes some beating. It was released as the fourth single from his debut studio album, Channel Orange, in 2012. Follow the show's progress on Facebook by simply typing in Friday 15. You can also find us on Twitter, where you can follow me, where I'm at Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. Now, every Thursday, you can jump onto Twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's Friday 15 iTunes reviews, folks, are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go onto iTunes and write us a, a glowing review. And don't forget, finally, you can email me where I'm Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. See you all again in seven days' time for more good music and great conversation. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.